0: fantastic well welcome to the music currency podcast this is I'm not saying what episode you can read so anyways <laughs> um, I have today two awesome people great guests a phenomenal clarinetist and a phenomenal composer who I just learned used to play piano much less than he much more than he does now <laughs> um, this is Emily Rose and Josh Aguilar. <laughs> Um, welcome guys thanks for joining how y'all doing I'm doing great doing good Fantastic. So I know I kind of talked to you guys about the podcast a little bit and just the whole idea of it um, is just that we talk about music, how you've come to where you are as musicians and how you've really kind of leveraged your own unique other interests, especially into your musicianship and what that's looked like and how you've found success through that. Mm-hmm. So what? how did you get to being musicians, first of all? <laughs> why? Why do you do it?
1: You started earlier than I did. You could start us off.
2: Um, just in music in general, it was just middle school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The typical, I guess the stereotypical start (laughs) homeboy gives you a recorder and you're like, okay, you know, this is Yeah. (laughs) Then after that, I, uh, straight sixth grade was whenever they started where I'm from, which is Southwest Virginia. But, um, Started a clarinet, and that was the only instrument that they still had at the school that I could rent. Oh. So, because I'm from a really low income family, so I couldn't afford to go to a music shop and go buy my own instrument or anything. And the rental fees were also really expensive at Mm -hmm. the music shops in town. So, the band director was like, hey, you know what you should play? <laughs> clarinet. And I was like, ah, oh, hell yeah, that looks like an oboe. I'll, do, I'll try it. <laughs> so that's, you, you that's to be how an I started. Oboe. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to be an oboe player. Really? Yeah, wild. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I started with that and then just kind of went through. Um, but yeah, what about you?
1: Um, well, I did not have any musical background for around 20. Hmm. Um, my dad would always strum a guitar on the couch, and my mom as well. But then um, when he passed away, fairly young, I think I was 9 or 10, mm. um, we always just had like a bad association, like sad feelings and all this because he would always have the radio playing or whatever. So I just, no, no music for like 10 years. Um, went and started working some horrible jobs like Walmart and absolute <laughs> misery. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this the rest of my life after a year or so. I'm like, Well, I used to like music when I'm little. I could see myself doing that. So I saved up a little bit of money, got a keyboard, started taking lessons for a couple months, and started at the community college. That's where I met her.
0: Oh, neat. Yeah. So what really kind of... What was kind of one of your biggest inspirations for both of you to really actually pursue music seriously and then actually, like... When when did you realize, you know what, I can actually... Do this maybe, or what how did that kind of progression happen? Because like right now we're all at UNL, right? Yeah. <laughs> Getting close <laughs> to finishing up these <laughs> DMAs. But like, how did you get to that? What made you say, you know what, I actually kind of want to do this? And I can see myself doing this just permanently?
1: Um, I mean as soon as I committed, I'm kind of stubborn. So Mm. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it regardless of, you know, what it takes, or I don't care if I'm not going to earn any money. If I'm sitting in a cardboard box and I'm doing it, then I'm going to be happier than I was at the time, working these, you know, (laughs) horrible car-pushing jobs or whatever. (laughs) And then, you know, I didn't really understand what composition entailed, or even piano at the time. But about halfway through my bachelor's, when I started to get I started to explore my own voice a little bit more. Um, I don't know, it just started feeling good where I didn't have to do what they're doing. I could succeed doing whatever I felt like. I didn't have to follow traditional harmony. I didn't have to follow all these things. And uh, I don't know, when I when I saw a little bit of success, I'm like, oh, that person actually kind of thought that was cool. He, oh, yeah. <laughs> was, I was like, okay, well, let's just keep doing this. And I haven't stopped doing this.
0: Yeah, that's, that's super mm-hmm. rad. I remember the first time I realized like stepping outside Mm
1: -hmm. of
0: the kind of conventional, functional, this is what I've learned Mm -hmm. and I guess just gotta repeat it sort Mm -hmm. of mentality, that's where like, I think a lot of us start getting a lot more free. Mm -hmm. What I've always kind of said is when, whenever someone ends up really connecting with their music and what they're doing, Mm -hmm. it's that they will end up wanting to make something new right? So either you're a performer and you're making, you're just into the mindset of how do I make this piece that maybe tons of other people have played or maybe no one's played before, but how do I make something new out of it beyond what the composer wrote? If you're a composer, it's a little bit more obvious because you're like, how do I make something that no one else has done? Or how do I arrange something that someone else has done, but in a different way, how does it indicate my style and my my way? It always makes me really interested when I Hear the same piece fifty different from fifty different people, and coming to the point of realizing the nuances in there are a brand new creation, you know, mm-hmm. from some from someone. So that's really kind of what I see coming out of that. And I think for composition, that's mm-hmm. a really easy one. How about for you with clarinet? Oh God! <laughs> oh
2: <man. laughs> um, well, I always wanted to be a band director. Mm. Like I started with music, like in middle school, as I said, and I just kind of went through and I was like, oh man, this is cool. I like helping people. And I, I always wanted to be like that person that was like the murderer or something. I was like, man, I want to, I want to be out there and I want to help people who, you know, can't have the same opportunities. I want to be able to go out in these communities and, you know, work with kids, everything. And I got the opportunity whenever I was in 11th grade to go to Cannon Music Camp, which is in, it's at Appalachia State University in Boone, North Carolina. Mm. And my aunt had sent it to my mother, and my mom was like, oh man, you know, that might be cool. Let's see if we can scrounge up enough money to get you to go. So it's just like a stereotypical, like, month long music camp. You go, you stay on campus. You, you know, dorm, food, all that stuff. And then you get, like, theory lessons, piano, you know, bands and everything. I placed last chair in every ensemble. I I could not do theory. I had no idea what music theory was. Mm. And at one of the concerts that night, we got to go watch the North Carolina Symphony perform Dvorak's New World Symphony. Mm. And I was sitting in the back by myself because, you know, cool boner. I didn't need friends. Oh, yeah. But uh, I'm a clarinetist. <laughs> but too smart for all the other people. <laughs> we, they have the massive concert hall, so we would, it's like the equivalent of like the lead center here.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I was sitting in the back, and then they started playing. They played some other pieces and stuff, too, but they started the New World Symphony, and I had never heard an orchestra, ever. Mm. The string players did not exist where I'm from unless you're a fiddle player. And I had no idea what a full concert orchestra sounded like. And I heard them play and I was like, oh. I started sobbing. I <laughs> oh, could, man. I, I was just like, it was one of those things where I, I, I kind of laugh at the like, oh, the soul, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you know, that that doesn't really move me. in you know, the same way that my other people. But then I I heard that and I was like, oh, that's kind of what it's about. Mm -hmm. And there's a clarinet solo in the fourth movement. And I was like, oh, man, I want to be that person. (laughs) So I, you know, I really buckled down trying to learn some pieces. And I went back to my band director and was like, you know, I made connections at App State and I the teacher seems to like me. She's really cool. She's an introvert like me. And we kind of get along. You know, what do I have to do to be able to go to school for music? Mm -hmm. And there was our teacher that we both mutually had in our associates degrees uh, he heard me play and they had like a little come and play, like little chamber music diddle. And I did like a little trio thing with my teacher and another friend of mine, also named Emily. Nice. Um, but played clarinet and he's like, Oh, if you come here for school, I'll scholarship full ride. I'll help you get an instrument. I'll do whatever I can to get you here. Let you experience what it's like to do music. And then, you know, if you want to go to App State, I can hook you up. I Because that was his alumni. Oh, that's he awesome. He's an alumni from App. So uh, went there. And then he got me in with the Knoxville Symphony Orchestra. I got to perform Stamitz's clarinet concerto number three. And I got to play the last movement with the orchestra. And I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, this is it. I like this. And tell
1: him what happened during your performance. <laughs> Oh, my God, that's what we're here for. <laughs> it's, uh,
2: so if you've never heard it, which nobody's going to listen to clarinet solos, um, but the movement has a bunch of little baby cadenzas in the mm. middle, and I was playing, and I was so into it, and just like I was trying not to cry the whole time because it was just such a surreal experience getting to be on stage with a full orchestra, and I smacked my clarinet into the stand in the middle of one of the cadenzas, <laughs> and the director just looked over me like,
0: now that's a cadenza.
1: Like,
2: well, and I completely block, I mean, I was in one of those musical moments where you kind of like black out and mm-hmm. you're just kind of in the experience. Yeah, so in the, I mean, you're in the flow
1: state,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: But that would be my that's probably what did it for me. And then from that point, I've just been so fucking stubborn <laughs> that I just I was like, hey, I'm happy with $10,000 salary a year mm-hmm. if I can, you know, do music and not be at Walmart working, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. 4 a.m. to uh, yeah. 1 p.m. in the 40 below freezer Ugh. stacking shit like I did in my undergrad. So mm-hmm. I just don't want to do that again. Oh, so, yeah.
1: To, to mention Daniel's point, um, he asks about, you know, interpreting and having freedom. It doesn't seem like that's like a, as much of a factor in orchestral stuff that's not. Like like you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, are you just happy with that, or is that why you're doing so much electroacoustic and new music because you have more oh, room to inter- I, interpret? Oh, oh, let's yeah. talk about that because actually, <laughs> I remember
0: what what was the class we were doing? Research methods. There we oh, go. Yeah, yeah. Research. Uh, where we became the best of friends, yeah. and so <laughs> and when you started talking about the electroacoustic stuff, I was like, what? Yeah. What is this? Is this is something, and it, <laughs> it blew my mind that somehow it's a rarity. Still, Like, I get it.
2: Yeah.
0: You go to school long enough, and you get how really cool things are rare. But, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it blew my mind, all the stuff you were talking about, of how, like, you're mixing in those electronics and, like, kind of synths mm-hmm. and, like, all of this sort of stuff, the programs, mm-hmm. to actually... Make some wildly cool stuff. So how how'd you get into that even in the first place, and what drew you to it?
2: Um, well, my teacher at Upstate, uh, she was the first person I had ever seen in my life that played anything with electronics, and I watched her recital. I think it might have been at the Cannon Music Camp or something. I we watched her perform. And she had broken out a bass clarinet, and she played this piece that was uh, bass clarinet and, like, a live processed patch. Mm. So, like, she would play, and then the patch would respond and do, like, some really cool, like, chords based off of whatever note she'd played. And then it would respond and, like, warble, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm a big, like, hard rock metalhead, so I was like, oh, if I can do something <laughs> like that, I'm, I'm down. So I... I knew that I wanted something to do something like that because it doesn't – I knew early on that it wouldn't make sense for me to go into an orchestral career mm-hmm. because there's – if there's, like, one orchestral job that opens up in the United States, there's going to be 600, 700 clarinetists all going for that one spot.
0: All so they can play raps yeah. in blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I just – I'm not happy or fulfilled in just working on excerpts my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I like to collaborate with people. That's my biggest – Probably my strength, I i would say, of all the things if we're gonna be positive about ourselves today. Um and at App, I mean, I was with him at the time as well. So I would just kinda of hang around him and I was there with the other composers and I really your teacher was, was a good influence as and well. She, was, like, she She also really you she know, made sure you guys were aware and played
1: played new music. Yeah. And she would work mm-hmm. with the composition studio as well so i was writing a clarinet piece and my teacher brought her in which she like demonstrated some things for me so here's how you can you know write write better for clarinet and all this stuff
2: i just liked that she was willing to let me explore those things Mm -hmm. without forcing me to be down the path of mozart and you know of course yes you need to do your scales yes you need to do your abcs and one two threes and tie your shoes but you know it's fine for you to also do these other things too. And uh-huh. she w- was intrigued, I guess, by my interest in that because I mean, as I, I think I explained this to that in the class, like people do not touch electronic literature as as an instrumentalist. and I could probably say that for like broadly speaking as you know, any instrumentalist yeah. really, not just clarinet. But they do not touch electronic literature until they're a graduate student. Oh, yeah. Because as a graduate student, you're expected to explore every possibility for mm-hmm. your instrument. Because by the time you get to a doctoral degree, you got to be the master of whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you need to specialize in something. Yeah. So whenever I was kind of going through all that, I just I saw what the composers were like. And I was like, oh, I like their attitudes. Oh, yeah. They're
3: chill. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they, they, composers always just want you to play their stuff. And I was like, I will do it. You know, you write me clarinet things, I'll be there and I'll perform all of it. So I was like, I would play any and every piece.
1: Job security if you could have that. Yeah. And and
2: I was like, you know, it makes sense for you to do electronic literature because look at the generation we're in. And, Mm -hmm. you know, from floppy disk to, you know, Apple iPhones and everything else. But, I mean, it made sense for me to do something with electronics because then I could have a career. Oh, yeah. Instead of being an orchestral person that can only mm-hmm. do something that's acoustically, you know, the norm. Yeah.
0: On the you're lucky. yeah it's if some, you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, it's something super... It's the reason why, like, I'll say, too, that anyone going to music school, for instance, mm-hmm. should probably know how to record themselves on mic. Yeah, yeah Like it's one of the most entry-level basic things mm-hmm. that now is like required. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like what mic do you use? Do you have one you prefer? Mm-hmm. Is it just a, one of these SM57s or is it mm-hmm. something else? Like it's not that wild, especially coming yeah. from like the vocal space where I mm-hmm. always say and will stick with it, we like to be the cheapest of the musicians because we don't mm-hmm. have to pay for our instrument nearly mm-hmm. to the, the degree that really anyone else yeah. does. I don't have to pay eighty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 for a new yeah. <laughs> piano <laughs> and then buy the music. Yeah. I just have to buy the music and just buy a mic and something, mm-hmm. you know? But getting into the electronics and that whole space, mm-hmm. I agree, is a really cool new direction mm-hmm. that also, I mean, you definitely know more than I do, has been, a, like, there's been exploration into it for much longer than the last, like, Five years, either. oh yeah, yeah, like for a while. As soon yeah. as it was an option, so when I started yeah. doing something, so I think that's really, really dope to be able to do that, and then like bringing it into the composition. And I know also from research methods, as you're taking a similar-ish approach, I would say to composition, in that you're doing stuff with game dev and, <laughs> and making the raddest. <laughs> Rad is pro I dare say it's more rad than my project. <laughs> 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 I dare say, and I get to make music videos, but like you're like I legitimately died in a mm-hmm. good way
1: when I <laughs> when I heard about what you're doing. So what yeah. is it? Well, uh I somehow convinced my committee to let me make my own <laughs> game project. So I'm making a sixteen bit like Final Fantasy Nintendo old school RPG. Um based on Go even nerdier, based on Dungeons and Dragons that we play. So we have oh, yeah. our storylines. Oop, oh, whacking whacking lights. We, we have our storylines already pre-played. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna adapt that for a video game. Um, so collaborating with a bunch of artists over here, mm-hmm. um, voice actors. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. And I'm just gonna put on a little game. And of course, uh, I'm I'm doing all the music and I'm doing sound effects. We're gonna be recording the uh, voices, of course. Uh, and I just hope to get a job in game dev of some sort. After I think it's going to look good if I like, I'm kind of like a producer. I'm managing all these people, all mm-hmm. these different aspects. I'm kind oh, of, yeah. you know, cross department working. And it's just, I think it's going to be a nice project. Oh yeah, 100. percent Plus, I've spent way, <laughs> I spent a lot of my life playing video games. Am I going to say that much? <laughs> so it just ties in really
0: nice. Oh yeah, um, that's super dope. I when you said you were. De- making it 16-bit, I was just blown away by even that concept. Like I finally started getting into composition. I think I've, along the lines of what I was saying of like figuring out how to create something new, the, I started kind of getting into composition stuff some, but I think I recognize that I'm more in the director space. I think a lot of vocalists end up being directors or something, whether it be of operas or orchestras or whatever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right, Um, but, I really loved getting into the composition space, but I, as soon as I finally was like comfortable enough to be able to not be worried that I screwed up my cadences or oh, whatever yeah. I was doing, yeah. did my theory wrong or whatever, yeah. that as soon as I actually got outside of that, I was like, oh, wow, there's tons of cool options, lots of different things to do, and then I said, there's too much stuff for me to do, let me go back to directing. Yeah. <laughs> but to see like one of those options being, you know what, 16-bit is a viable thing especially Mm -hmm. now with so many like indie games that are really getting prominence again yeah like it's just so cool to be able to see how it still exists and there's a clear market for it and there's a clear opportunity for people to actually do something now did you originally think that you were going to do that though when you started getting that keyboard and playing piano
1: no. Um, <laughs> back back when I started piano, I just wanted to do music for fun. I didn't even know that composers existed. Man. I was almost done with my associate's degree altogether. And then I'm like, well, at this point, I mean, I've learned some piano, but I'm still way behind on like just things that need time, like uh, reading sheet music and so on and so on. I didn't have the high school experience of mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, figuring my way through Mozart and whatever. I'm like... What are some options? I forget how it came about, but after a while, I'm like, there's a composing degree still? I thought that stopped at Beethoven. Like, what, what, what is this? And so I asked my professor about it. He's like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, he was a church musician, so mm-hmm. he, he's like, how about you practice arranging some piano tunes for me to play on Sundays or whatever? Mm-hmm. So I uh, just for fun started arranging some things and made some really simple, horrible Pieces <laughs> that I auditioned with in like three months. Yeah. Uh, I auditioned and got on a wait list. And when I interviewed, uh, he's like, so these are pretty simple. But simple's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And then we talked a little bit about my favorite composers and whatever. But at the time, so that was like a, a last second decision to be, mm-hmm. become a composer. Yeah. And then I made some friends in the composition studio and started learning more and more about, you know, I kind of do whatever I feel like and be successful mm-hmm. instead of trying to do, like, I don't have to compete with anybody yeah. as a composer. Like, I've, I've never felt competitive because I'm just doing something completely different in my own thing. I don't, yeah. Uh, and that's just, I don't know, it's nice. I don't have to worry about playing that uh, Beethoven concerto the best. Or, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's something for me that I really. I like getting competitive, but when it matters, maybe. And that's rare, right? Like, it's not often that it really matters all that much yeah. to be competitive. And I think that's the thing that I appreciate so much about yeah. composers. And I also find this often
1: with, like, percussionists, yeah. who, though, they will get really competitive. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I, I would say I, I am extremely competitive. Yeah. <laughs> like, too competitive. Yeah. But the, the thing is... Um, if i was a pianist i would have to be competitive because you're mm-hmm. competing you're directly exactly. competing against somebody uh, as a composer you know you everyone's doing something a little bit different Yeah, i mean
2: no one's going to have your exact same voice and it may, so it makes mm-hmm. sense for you to just learn oh, yeah. and collaborate with mm-hmm. people and being competitive isn't going to get mm-hmm. you anywhere really i mean i'm com- so.
1: yeah and I, at that mm-hmm. point i'm just competitive against myself exactly like, yeah. which i think
0: mm-hmm. honestly is the better place to be at mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. of the time because then because <laughs> <Yeah>. then you're <laughs> able to like say you know I did this, but I could have done this cooler. That's mm-hmm, the thing you know. that I come away with from looking at my undergrad compositions <laughs> and arrangements, whoo, they were bad. Yeah. But for for like looking back on them and having the new perspective, I'm able to say, oh, I could have just been way simpler and this would have mm-hmm. been infinitely better sure, or yeah. whatever, you know, and that gives more drive and opportunity to grow and move mm-hmm. forward, which is really ultimately what we're trying to do mm-hmm, is yeah. grow, find new opportunities and be able to you know ultimately co- collaborate yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i think the thing that i one of the things that i found super super interesting about kind of the work that you guys have done is how you've integrated it into like art which we haven't even talked well visual art <laughs> which we haven't even talked about that much yet but and then like you said the game dev i wh- why was i doing this i don't know why but i was looking up uh, your YouTube channel, and I found th- when you did the sound effects for Dark Souls, or oh, was yeah. it Demon Souls. Yeah, it Demon and, Souls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that was so fun. It wasn't, even, it, it was crazy. It was so <laughs> rad. I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. It was fun. I think the nice thing about it too was being able to see and say, he just did this for fun. Yeah. This was so cool. He didn't have to worry about. Going all in and making yeah. sure that the water droplets were like this, yeah. but you still had different sounds for different textures and yeah. all this yeah. sort of stuff, which was really fun oh, to see. Oh, yeah.
1: That was a fast project that I put together kind of last second, but mm-hmm. it was the most fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the most fun I had and probably. Our was chaos.
3: It was a blast. Yeah, <laughs> sitting
1: there making like the gurgling death sounds for monsters <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I even had her laugh, and I was like, okay, now I have to do this like hardcore for my final project here, Oh yeah, Yeah, do some like real voice work and things, that's gonna be super fun.
0: Bully's one of the funnest things I think I've ever seen, like just let me put shoes on my hands and crush through some sticks, like it's so cool, so fun to be able to do that sort of stuff and combining it with Mm -hmm. other arts and other interests I Mm -hmm. think is just so much cooler than (laughs) just being in the single space, like, and I, This is how I even really learned about all the other stuff that you guys are doing because, like, you draw and Mm -hmm. I no clue. (laughs) And how did you like? What's what's that looked like as you've gone through as musicians? You said for ICA, Mm -hmm. you have designed some stuff for them. Which is what again? I don't even.
2: Um, So ICA is the International Clarinet Association, which again, clarinetist.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I'm
2: gonna gonna be in that. (laughs) Um, But I. I mean, some of my friends that are in the ICA, they knew that I was a nerd. I mean, I <laughs> I like the animu. I like the games, you know, all those things. And I'll draw, you know, I draw a bunch of fan art and stuff anyway. So they'd seen my art and they're like, do you do any like graphic design? I was like, I can.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> I
2: and I like to think that sometimes I have a pretty decent sense of humor. <laughs> um, but they, they were like, hey, can you make us some, like, funny designs? We really just want something that will appeal to people your age or younger that's, like, me, me. It's just whatever you want to do. Just, you know, make up stuff and give it to us. So I made a, like, graffiti-ish, like, like 90s-style little character caricature design for them. And then I was like, you know, I'm just going to make some, like funny memes like ask me about the wall test which is just smashing your read into a wall you know so it's like it's just like little things like that that like you would get if you're a a noodleist or i mean even really just a musician Mm -hmm. and i got into doing that and i was like oh man if i could do that because i always wanted to do something for the ica that was like Mm -hmm. my start i was like okay if i can do something for the ica then i can i can kind of move it you know, anywhere. Yeah. And I was already doing work for them with the committee work and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. So I've been like the go-to the past, uh, I guess, like two, year, year mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's really kind of accelerated. So I made those designs at first. Then they said, how about you make some other designs? So I made a part two graffiti design to go with the other one. Well, that's right. And then they were like, oh, you know, we're doing this. We are the ICA movement. We're really trying to just bring about inclusivity for the, you know, because we are an international brand, you know, Mm -hmm. make something for that. So Mm -hmm. I made these like Facebook banners and... Uh, little designs for their centennial fund, and you know, little things that would grab people's attention at festivals and stuff. Mm-hmm. That would be like, oh man, I'm gonna go get that pin because that's cute. That's super, cool. and then stuff like that. So
0: that's so rad. I I love mm-hmm. that. That's I mean, that's how I found out you drew in the first yeah. place. Some, what Kate was like, hey, <laughs> you know, it'd yeah. be great for the show that you're, we're trying to do, mm-hmm. Emily. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like that's. That's something that I find really, really cool, and I mm-hmm. love it so much because it really takes the skill set that you have mm-hmm. as musicians, as clarinetists, as composers, and being able to take them and put them in other spaces. Mm-hmm. I I've, I told you guys about how I'm working on this horn documentary mm-hmm. with Eric, mm-hmm. and immediately I was like, this will be so cool to have you write it,
3: mm-hmm.
0: be, write the score for it yeah. and stuff, because one Eric does rent fairs and things. Yeah. He's he yeah. just finished writing his book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's out on Amazon. <laughs> you will find out about it later when we actually have him on. <laughs> um, but because of that space, I was like, you know, the perfect person who would know some stuff about this, <laughs> right? Yeah. Nerdy and composer man, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it really gives great opportunity to flex those skill sets that you've developed while also being able to utilize them in a way that I think often kind of like what we were talking about with the mm-hmm. electric clarinet stuff and I mean composition in general mm-hmm. until you hit a masters degree often like mm-hmm. <laughs> like people just don't know about these as options and as mm-hmm. ways you can leverage your other interests and skill sets into yeah. something that's unique something that you can actually thrive and live off of mm-hmm. legitimately too what what has that kind of experience been for you what have more specifically, how have you seen these things develop a little bit more for yourselves?
2: Oh
1: man, go for it, Emily.
2: <laughs> um, I guess I started making. Well, oh god, I don't even know where to start.
1: I because you're not you're not trained as an, uh, a visual artist. Like you had no. you had that no, moment I, where you're like, oh, no, I've do
2: never do? taken an art class. Mm-hmm. I was self-taught. I used to sit there with my Saturday morning cartoons and make my mom pause the recorded VHS of Yu-Gi-Oh and oh, yeah. let me go up with notebook paper yeah. and trace, you know, Yami Yugi on the screen. <laughs> yes, the coolest. You know, back then they didn't have flat screen TVs. It's a big bulbous <laughs> glass, you know, 40 pound
0: TV. You have to TV. figure out how that's going to work. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I would do that and then I was like, you know, that's what started it for me and then I've just I've made friends along the way that are like, "Oh, have you ever like seen how to actually draw anatomy?" I was mm-hmm. really sheltered. I didn't have the internet you know at that point in my life and they're mm-hmm. like oh this is how you do it so here's stick figures and you know i would just grown and grown since and in our undergrad i was trying to figure out ways this was whenever like video game streaming and like twitch was really blowing up mm-hmm. and i was like oh man i could do that i, be, I bet i because sometimes i'm funny like <laughs> and, and i was like i could get you know it's really cheap to get started we'll just get i play on playstation i'll go get a ps4 camera and i'll just stick that shit on there oh yeah so did that and then i was like i can design i draw i can design my own emotes so i made my own emotes i was like i could make my own banners and you know cover title screens whatever did that mm-hmm. and then it just escalated from there i built a community through streaming and i was like oh i can actually kind of do this art thing let me see if i want to make that a career at that time um, yeah. cause it was just, it was money to get gas for heat, you know, it was money to pay gas in the well, car. That, that, or that, groceries. That, that was an
1: ongoing conversation between us too. Yeah. Where you're like, well, I really wish I could have done more with our, I was like, why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so not, he, you're, he's you're, always yeah. kind of
2: been there as like an inspiration that's been like, why don't you just do it? Why don't you it's find not a gonna way hurt to, hurt anything to make it to work to try. with clarinet
1: and everything? Yeah. yeah. So
2: I, you know, I, I started doing those things and it's like, oh, I could, I could advertise commissions. Maybe I can make a little bit of extra money to help. You know, cover this bill or cover that bill. And it's escalated since then. So, like the end of my undergraduate, I was getting, I mean, you get nothing for streaming really, but I mean, you, I mean, you, you can, you, you, I mean, yeah, you can, you, you can, can, of course, <laughs> but I mean, if you're starting out and you've got like three viewers, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to turn this into like a Twitch like
0: broadcast a or anything,
2: <laughs> but I mean, it's a way that you could, I mean, I would stream clarinet on Twitch. I oh, would yeah. get yeah, on there and, and I would and, use yeah. that as a way to practice in front of people Man. and do my audition excerpts on there. Why and I, I would have rat. people come by and they're like, Oh, I didn't know you were a clarinetist. Can you tell me about it? And I tell them cool. about music. You'd have young
1: band kids dropping yeah. in. Yeah, and like, they were like, "Oh wow, you college? can do
2: you know you can clarinet on Twitch?
1: What? That's super you know?
2: cool." <laughs> so um, I did those things, and it's just escalated. So like through my master's degree, I would actually that that was my job. I would stream. I would come hmm. home, play Final Fantasy XIV, or you know, Fall Guys, something <laughs> stupid, and. uh you know i would just stream and do those things he and i was a traditional adobe. artist yeah. at the time but then he got me a, a little like uh, yeah. digital tablet and i was like oh that's how people do digital art so i got uh-huh. into doing that and then i was like oh, old,
1: uh, you oh you can animate you can do
2: all these things you get adobe cloud for free as a student you uh-huh. know at most universities now hmm. so i got that and i learned you can draw in adobe and you can you know do things with photoshop i was like oh i'm going to draw in photoshop mm-hmm. so then i started watching and following people on like Twitter or DeviantArt at the time, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's how they do that. Okay, I'm going to try that. Oh, that's how you layer things. I'm going to try that. Oh, oh yeah. that's how you make a GIF. Okay, I'm going to try that. So <laughs> it escalated from yeah. there. And then I was I built a kind of decent, you know, little art area for myself. And I was like, oh, I can I can like do some stuff with this. Mm-hmm. And Josh was like, why don't you make me a title screen for this piece? You know, mm-hmm. it, it'll yeah. get your art out there. So mm-hmm. I would make stuff for him all the time. And then I had people that were like, oh, can you can you make something for me? I'll, you know, I'll pay you a little bit. And I was like, you don't have to pay me, but I'll. Yeah, sure. That's super so rad. I would just say yes to everything. <laughs> Maybe that's not the best mentality. you Don't you know, say yes to everything. But Maybe. I was really desperate at the time. And I just liked it was music for me was the release from, you know, all the stress of I gotta be like Sabine Meyer in mm-hmm. everything I'm doing you know yeah. and it was it was a way for me to make myself different from, from somebody else so that oh, was yeah. what I did
0: that's so rad I it's I'm so glad that <laughs> other people have had some of the ideas I've had <laughs> yeah <laughs> because it's refreshing <laughs> like, amen because like and especially the cool creative ones like mm-hmm. the streaming on Twitch. I really wanted to do practice on Twitch. Oh, I'll yeah. be the first one to say that I do, uh, I'm a very good procrastinator and uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm very good at cheating my way through practice and yeah. I can get what needs to be done done, but wow, do I not, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> am, yeah. I, am I all over the place? Yeah. But I I always thought it would be really cool to just have people, like, mm-hmm. if you're just practicing on Twitch, like. Mm-hmm you're doing two things at once, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Or like, um, when I was trying to start learning how to do audio production, mm-hmm. I was like, well, might as well just do it on here. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to just do a screen grab and just keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that was a great incentive for at least some of the stuff. Now yeah. I don't really worry too much about that because I know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I know how yeah. to get myself to do stuff. Yeah. But it's so cool and so fun. Plus, I mean, if I really wanted to do it, I would take too much. Mm -hmm. This studio would be (laughs) too much, it would be bad. (laughs) In a good way, but terrible. (laughs) But like, those sort of ideas and cool opportunities that I think, personally there's a lot of that that people just don't realize exists Mm -hmm. as options. It's something that, honestly, I bet so many undergrads, especially, mm-hmm. if they knew about it, they would do it or yeah. they would mess with it, and they would mm-hmm. like try. When I heard you streamed, yeah. this was even before we did uh, what I, did research methods. When mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, cool, yeah. sup, yeah. no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but like that's something that just shows again the new perspective you can have on something mm-hmm. that, especially in the space of like academic music, where often I think the newer kids and people, especially now, are like, well, unless I'm exclusively already listening to this music that's going on in school and this is the only thing I really care about, I wanna be a singer-songwriter. I wanna be a this, that. I wanna do game dev. I wanna compose for games. I wanna compose for shows. I wanna do this or that. I wanna be the piano guys. Mm -hmm. I wanna do any of these things but there's no real examples of it, and that yeah. makes it very difficult often for them to really stick it through. I think it's a good idea to at least do an undergrad, if not an associate's for sure, mm-hmm. Be- yeah. especially if you don't know what you're doing already. Yeah. If you have an idea of, I kinda wanna do this, if it's able to help you focus and mm-hmm. know at least a good general amount, get, your, get you to speed yeah. through some stuff, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> it. it it's something where I think we're missing out on some great opportunities to incentivize Mm -hmm. people to both go to school more, but also take control of their education so that they can clearly understand, I can go to school to do this, Mm -hmm. but if I'm not doing the thing that school's really best suited for setting Mm -hmm. me up for, I can do something else that's really rad.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great opportunity. It's it's that growth growth period that you have. uh, And the age in which you're going to probably be going to do an undergraduate degree also, you know, plays a part, hugely. you know, you're, you're coming from a high school, most people, a a standard high school education where you are told what to do. You are told what homework to do, what to read, what to, you know, X, Y, Z, how to walk with two legs, Mm -hmm. those things. And then you get to college and it's, you know for many people it's a big eye-opening experience because it's like holy shit I can do whatever I want to do so if you want to specialize in something cool but then you know you you need to have those teachers or those those friends that are like you know why don't you just do a little you know do something on the side you know Mm -hmm. if you're not getting what you want out of you know you know Play. I'm gonna keep going back to. I guess myself as an example. Perfect. If you're not getting what you want out of just playing orchestral excerpts and playing Mozart all the time, do something else that's gonna fulfill you as a musician because you mm-hmm. like it for some reason. Yeah. So what? What is it? What for you? What is that? You know. Mm-hmm. And that's you know probably a little bit of growth that needs to happen there too. But mm-hmm. you know, at at the end of the day, whenever you go to lay down it and you know sleep at night, what is it that fulfilled you? to get you from point A to wake up and then point B to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. For me, it wasn't Walmart. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it paid the bills, but I was still busting my ass. Mm -hmm. I was a double major in my undergrad. I was still, I would 17 credit hours a semester. I was still going and I'd be up at 4 a.m. And then I'd go to work until 1 p.m., take the bus, go to class. And I wouldn't be done until 10 o'clock. Then I'd go to pick him up at the deli at walmart and we wouldn't be getting home till 12 1 o'clock and then i would do that every fucking day <laughs> you know it's it and it, yeah, yeah it fucking sucks <laughs> you know and i mean but what what fulfilled me at the end of the day was i would be able to go in there with my teacher and be like you know i really liked this one rhapsody that we played through because it was like nice solo literature and it was like not the same thing that billy bob joe is working over in the mm-hmm. same practice room Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. That's ramble
0: tangent, but. But, I mean, I think that's 100% where where it's at. Like, Mm -hmm. being able to truly understand both yourself and, like, what is really connecting with you is the spot where you've, you've hit another level of growth yeah. as a musician. I mean, as anybody, doing anything, really. Yeah. Like, when you recognize that, because there's some people that will live and die loving working at Walmart. I don't yeah. know them, but <laughs> they will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, there's other people that is like, Mm-mm, that's not me. Mm-hmm. But the I think the greatest thing about school, I was talking to a friend about this, she, earlier today actually, mm-hmm. is the opportunity for mentorship mm-hmm. and good mentorship. Yeah. If you can find a great mentor, yeah. like honestly that's what you really need. Yeah, it a, is. You don't need school as much as a great mentor because mm-hmm. that great mentor is gonna help guide you mm-hmm. and help you find, maybe I do need to go to school or yeah. maybe I do need to just research this stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. I've had great mentors that helped me stay in school for as yeah. long as I've been in <laughs> <Yeah>. now, <laughs> yeah. but also ones that when I said, should I just take a class on this, mm-hmm. should I do this? Or like I would know what I need to do, yeah. they said, no, you can learn a lot more, a lot more efficiently on your own mm-hmm. because of where you are. Yeah, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Just buy some books, watch YouTube, and you'll learn it. Like we're <laughs> in the
2: age of accessibility too. Exactly. So, and I mean, product of the the pandemic and everything as well. You know, we live in such an age where I can pull up my phone, and if I want to watch any kind of any any video, mm-hmm. if I want to learn how to paint my nails, but also stand on one finger and eat peanut butter mm-hmm. using, you know, my hair or something, mm. I could do it. And, oh, yeah. I, and I could probably get it done in about 15 minutes. I, I know how, how to do, to do it.
0: I know how to house. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like,
2: so it, it just makes things easier too. So it's, it's taking advantage of those things. Taking advantage of what's accessible to you. So if you're a student, you know, there's a library. There's, you know, I can go take this one class because it's an elective. So Mm -hmm. I really like photography. I'm going to take a photography class. I really like art. I'm going to take an animation class. You know, you don't have to be a major in it. But if it's something that interests you, take it. You know, does that seem like I could use that for something else? To -hmm. to go off on a tangent, not quite, but like a a (laughs) sidebar. (laughs) I... You know, I, as a double major, I couldn't take the music entrepreneurship classes that were offered mm. because they interfered with my uh, music education courses. Mm-hmm. So I had to take courses in the business college instead. Oh yeah. I went into the business college classes and they said, oh, God, there's a music major in here. A, <laughs> you know, first, first of all, they're like, eh. <laughs> Second of all, they're like, well, why in the hell are you taking this class? What? Mm-hmm. You're a musician. You're just going to play. Like, what? what mm-hmm. in the world will it do for you? Well, in that class, I learned, oh. You know, I need to be making a website. I need to be, you know, broadcasting myself. Mm -hmm. Every moment I'm around anybody in any professional sense, I need to be, you know, on my game. How Mm -hmm. can I introduce myself? How can they remember my name? How Mm -hmm. can, you know, X, Y, Z? And we would do like these projects, little miniature projects where you would, you know, I was, again, I'm a weeb. And I was like, (laughs) Cat Cafe. (laughs) So I was like, I could own a cat cafe and a... Bakery and I, you know, and this is how much I'd have to make a month and, you know, yeah. X, Y, Z. But I could play clarinet while I do it, Oh yeah. you know, and like put on performances and stuff. So I still made it something that was relatable to me because I, I also love cats mm-hmm. and coffee. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was just things like that that I could directly relate. Even though I was not taking an entrepreneurship class strictly for musicians, I still wanted to find a way to incorporate it. Yeah. You know, so it, and it became useful for me mm-hmm. now.
0: And that's something that's really key to. I mean, part of the reason why I called this podcast Music Currency Mm -hmm. is uh, because I could use a dollar sign and a cent sign in the title. (laughs) But also, (laughs) because there is a great opportunity and also deficit often, Mm -hmm. especially in arts as a whole, but specifically Mm -hmm. also in music, because you know, we're in music, Mm -hmm. where most of us have no idea about the importance of Mm You know <laughs> how to run yeah. your own business, which is all what you're doing. Yeah. You know, we're all running our own businesses, so we need to figure out how to actually make that something that's viable, that works mm-hmm. well. And I think the great opportunity that we really have mm-hmm. is to be able to say, you know what? I know what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna learn yeah. from these business minded people mm-hmm. because that's been something that's I eye- opened my eyes. Mm-hmm wildly, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Being able to say, oh, I know exactly how much I need to make mm-hmm. for this to be able to sustain yeah. this. I know how to actually market what it is that I am mm-hmm. providing mm-hmm. and how to essentially optimize what I'm doing when I'm teaching mm-hmm. lessons, even, yeah. right? Like, it blows my mind so much. Maybe I just haven't had that experience and mm. cool, but mm-hmm. like, I, it blows my mind that I haven't heard of like te- like private instructors telling their students how much those students should charge for lessons.
2: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Like, do you not want them to teach lessons? Yeah, yeah.
2: like what are, the, what are they gonna do? You could be the best performer in the world and mm-hmm. unless you somebody hears you play and they're like, oh, he, how about you record deal with Sony, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know, you're a four-year-old prodigy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, unless you're getting heard, I mean, what are you gonna do?
0: Yeah, how are you gonna figure you, out? Do your you rates? know how yeah. to? Yeah, do mm-hmm. you know
2: how to market yourself? Do you know mm-hmm. how to, you know, be an accountant? Do you mm-hmm. know how to hire an accountant? Do you know how to f- get a financial advisor? Where's the
0: music accountant? Yeah. Then, like you, you need to yeah, know. Do you the know one what, what kind of
2: space you? Sorry, mm-hmm. what kind of space you need for you to be able to to mm-hmm. teach in? You oh can't, yeah, she sure as hell can't teach in a closet. That's true. You know, so or bathroom. <laughs> you know, so what are you gonna do to make it work? And. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between people who are successful and the people who, you know, struggle and then end up, you know, and I guess in my mind, because maybe I'm Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, it's either this or this. Mm -hmm. But the people who, you know, just give up on those things and you're like, oh, yeah, I really liked music, but I kind of, I didn't see any money in it. So I just Mm -hmm. went and worked at, you know, Target for 20 years. And
0: I think it's just a strong misconception. It is. Valid the reasons why people believe Mm -hmm. that to be the case. But in reality, the... It's a misconception that in order to do I think honestly any art but especially mm-hmm. music that you have to be poor and do do music. Yeah. You can live <laughs> you can live quite decently yeah. doing it. An easy example is I've talked to a lot of friends now and I've been like you know it's easy to make 60 to 80k as a private mm-hmm. instructor. Mm-hmm. The issue is you have to market and market mm-hmm. and market and sell, but give it five years, mm-hmm. and you can have a full studio, yeah. and you can be able to have like in the demon season mm-hmm. of de- <laughs> December to, through yeah. February, and also May through August, yeah. where you may or may not lose half, if not all, of your students. Mm-hmm. Like you can still s- live; mm-hmm. you can pay yourself essentially a salary, mm-hmm. and. Pretty much go on vacation if you wanted to yeah. at that point, you yeah. know? And you're not even working full 40-hour week. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, you, you can make that happen. Mm-hmm. And you don't need someone to tell you that you need to either.
1: Mm-hmm. But well, it'd be nice. I mean, oh, yeah. It'd be nice <laughs> if, if
2: people would say that. Amen. Versus, you know, when we were growing up, it was always... I mean, my, even my family... I'm first-generation college kid, mm. but they're like, oh, man, no, you, <laughs> you can't do music. You need to go do nursing. <laughs> nursing <laughs> instead, because there's money in that.
0: Nursing, pre-med, yeah. uh, Anything. welcome to me. <laughs> you know,
2: whatever. Yeah. And I was like... I, That's not going to make me happy. I don't need money to be happy. Mm -hmm. It's great if I have it and I don't have to live in the box under the bridge. But, you know, that's not what's fulfilling me at the end of the, you know, Mm -hmm. back to that stuff. So Maybe that's too artistic (laughs) to kind of get into. There's still a
0: point to it, though, you know. But you can still, you can definitely
2: pay yourself as a business person. Amen.
0: And the biggest thing is, too, and I, business just opens my mind to that, you know. Because you you start to realize one for the business people that are making businesses out of everything mm-hmm. like someone so built made and sold mm-hmm. these trees yeah. that no one else can see but there's a christmas tree here because it's christmas <laughs> yeah. here all the time yeah. and and like it's wild that like they get this information and mm-hmm. think of the number of businesses that they start and yeah. fail and start and fail. Yep. And like, if you can at least do, like, and they'll do it over and over and over <laughs> and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> all you need to do is make one moderately successful mm-hmm. <laughs> small business, <Yep. laughs> right? Yep. And you'll be decently set, you'll be all right, you'll be able to actually live mm-hmm. reasonably. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that difficult, but mm-hmm. it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's a serious challenge, but it's yep. no more of a challenge, I honestly believe, than having to practice and hone your skills as, a, as yep. an instrumentalist or as a composer, as a whatever, conductor, mm-hmm. like whatever. Yep. You figure out your skill set. You capitalize on that skill set. Mm-hmm. And then you figure out who needs that skill set mm-hmm. and you work with them. You collaborate and you market that skill set. Mm-hmm. Like that's yep. the biggest part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I really, I love being able to see that mm-hmm. and hear that same thing, mm-hmm. you know? Because I think that's the biggest thing that people really need and would like to see. Yeah. 100%. So we're almost done actually. Wow, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> the question I have now is what is one thing that you have learned that you've seen that you would like to kind of tell yourself about what like about what could help you move forward. What would be, you know, the thing that would help you really say, "Oh, Boom, this is a great thing to know now. So what is one big important thing you've learned? Also, Cameron, Mm -hmm. I think that camera died (laughs) or the SD
1: card went out. Yeah. I mean, what about you? Give us an example. Oh,
0: man, one of my best things, I think, is you don't have to be 100% correct Mm -hmm. in music. Like, being correct in music is a thing, but not really. Mm -hmm. Composition. Mm -hmm. Like, I stressed out for so long thinking, like, what... I don't know theory i can't mm-hmm. I can't do theory, mm-hmm. I suck yeah. at theory I don't understand this. how does this work? <laughs> yeah. I can't compose because I don't know <laughs> theory I can't yeah. even play my music well because I don't know like all of this stuff yeah. mm-hmm. end of the day, really, one it's partially because I didn't understand how to use theory practically mm-hmm. as soon as I started learning that, I was like, oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. forget this. I yeah. can use this however I want, yeah, right. That was I think one of the biggest things of you don't need to be actually correct
3: mm-hmm. in
0: like there's no real correct in no. music. Yeah. It's about growth,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and at the end of the day, that's it. It's about growth, yeah. so just keep pursuing growth. The more you latch onto that, mm-hmm. the better it becomes. If I had done that e- like five years earlier, I'd yeah. probably be somewhere entirely different, so maybe mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it then, but. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it helps take away a ton of stress, honestly. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I would agree. Um, I can't get too uh, too much in there further than you. Uh, I mean, I mean, that would be the same for me. I when I was first started, I was dead on. I gotta have this cadence or whatever. And now, I mean, do I even think about theory in my compositions? <laughs> Not. If I get really stuck, I'm like, what can I use to get through here? And I might, you know, think about some Bach counterpoint or something. But oh. otherwise, I'm almost done with my DMA and composition. I don't think about theory. <laughs> oh no! <You> know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's it's very common in undergrad to to think there's a a correct way, like uh-huh. you said, and that really set me back a lot of a lot of uh, years of growth. I think uh-huh. not until my master's maybe. That, yeah, uh, I had a near the end of my master's, I had a new pr- composition professor, and he said. I brought him a, what I thought was a cool composition. (laughs) And he said, okay, nice. Anything else? (laughs) And I said, uh... He's like, next time, bring me... This is nice work for a student. But I want you to bring me something from an artist. You're almost Mm -hmm. all your masters. Now you have to be an artist. Man. He's like, I don't want no no McDonald's music. I want (laughs) you to bring me a nice salmon and some (laughs) wine. And I'm like, uh... Yeah, so that that really made me think about it a little bit uh-huh. like you have to have intention but and there's a difference between making or even if the art's 16 bit then making you know a school project yeah so the longer in, you're in school the less you should try <laughs> to do the schoolwork, if yeah. that makes any sense <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. very accurate mm-hmm. oxymoron <laughs> oh
2: God I don't even know. It's just, you know, don't compare yourself to other people because it's not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My, that's the, that's my, my therapist would be, <laughs> <laughs> she'd be over the moon that I just said that out loud, you know. But
1: it's hard for performance majors. It's, it's oh, extremely
2: yeah. hard because your, your job is to be like somebody else. I mean, if you th- if you really break it down to the backbone of what a performer is. If you want to be as good as somebody, you have to meet them where they are and then be a step above them. But yeah. everybody grows at a different time. Just because you can't play this piece at quarter equals 160 doesn't make you a worse musician. It just, yeah. you know, there's some growth that needs to happen there. It's intrinsic. If you even want to.
1: You have to yeah. realize that that's yeah. an if, option. If that's what do, you do, want to do. If do, I, that's... do I want to learn that piece at yeah, that like, tempo like or I do I actually think that it's way more cool to do yeah. yeah, like mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. like new composition. exactly yeah. the
2: the electronic thing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't fulfill me to do Capriccio Espanol you know, mm-hmm. every day. I wake up with the sunrise and a coffee in my hand, and you know Rimsky Korsakov <laughs> right there. You know that's not <laughs> yes. my jam. I I my recital for example, I'm doing this fall. I said I went up to my teacher. I said, "So there here's there's these pieces I like. <laughs> this one's called the Sacred Teaching of the Lonely Goose yes. you know, for bass clarinet. I love it. Is that I'm doing this one?" She said. Oh, okay. Sure. And to, I said, but there's realize. also this other piece. Yeah. It's called the beggars concerto. Yeah. And she's like, okay. She's like, but if you're going to do that, you have to do this too. And I said, cool. <laughs> whatever you want but I'm doing these two and it's oh, important
1: yeah. for a young musician or anybody to realize that it's an option to look for yeah. those cool pieces a lot of people yes. will just say what should I learn now and then they'll 100%. sit there and- yeah, you,
2: if you leave it up to the teacher or you leave it up to somebody else they're always going to give you something somebody's going to give you regurgitate mm-hmm. some information they heard from Billy Bob Joe down the road that said it You know, the first time.
1: And some people are yes, some people are fulfilled in doing that. They don't realize that there's other options. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and there's tons
0: of yeah. yeah. Having options is wild. When I realized that as a vocal performance major, I could be writing my own arrangements and performing Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. And compositions, well, welcome to my last two and a half, three recitals. Yeah. Yeah. Now like every single one has been original compositions Mm -hmm. and or arrangements. Yeah. And people were like, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, but people don't realize that's an option. That's something that I really am passionate about. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm like, you know, so many of these people that have dropped out of music school mm-hmm. dropped out because they didn't think that they could do it.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's not just because I'm a doctoral student that has yeah. leverage. I understand there's things you should probably learn.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But you can still figure out a way to say, you know what? Hey, teacher. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Can we do both maybe? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, <laughs> generally a teacher is not going to be opposed to you doing yeah. more work as long yeah. as you're doing good quality work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: it's, it's back to that mentorship thing. You know, if you have a good mentor, they will tell you, you know, the things you got to do to to meet the standard or, you know, if whatever standard is. Mm-hmm. But they'll also if you tell them, "I'm interested in the color blue." Mm-hmm. They'll be like, "Well, Here's these things that you can do that are involved with blue mm-hmm. and you know that will build you up to blue mm-hmm. but also get you past blue to purple you know uh-huh. and and that's a good mentor that can that can do that for you and that's 100%. whenever you know you know doesn't just have to be a musician like you mm-hmm. said it doesn't have to be a college professor it could be anybody you know that will tell you that and that you know yeah that's where you've, you see growth and that's where you
0: you know yeah and you especially find that. when you have that same sort of mentor that can say I don't know how to get you to blue, yep. but I know someone that probably does, yeah. and they're willing to, man, I, again, was just talking to a friend about this. I said, I've had a lot of great mentors, but two mm-hmm. mentors that I v- highly value mm-hmm. are the ones, especially from like this series of degree. Mm-hmm. There's my primary uh, <laughs> teacher, <laughs> Bill. Well, yeah. not really my primary teacher now, but my committee head who mm-hmm. has, who's, when I said, I wanna do jazz, he said, mm-hmm. I can't do jazz, but I mm-hmm. know someone you should maybe talk with. Yeah. And he said, have you tried Jackie Allen? And yeah. I said,
1: no, yeah, sure, yeah. No, Jackie, she's yeah. And nice. I did
0: lessons with Jackie, mm-hmm. which, yeah. Jackie, you can come onto the podcast at some <laughs> point, that'd be awesome. But like, and Hans. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, I was able to do lessons with Jackie and that started mm-hmm. opening my mind to songwriting, yeah. Yeah. right? And I did lessons with her at the same time as I did lessons with mm-hmm. Bill. And yeah. It was great because mm-hmm. he didn't have the ego to say, you must do this. or yeah. you, No, yeah. no, 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 no. He said, this is important stuff that you need to learn, mm-hmm. but I do highly recommend because I see what yeah. what your, where your interests are really going. Yeah. This is definitely helpful. Yeah. And ultimately, it's helpful for more than just you and me. Yeah. So go for it. Yeah. And then he also recommended um, Rick Endicott over in the film mm-hmm. new media. Yeah,
1: he's on my committee.
0: Rick's so great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love Rick <laughs> because he's he, he told me when I said, hey, should I do some film classes? Mm-hmm. Should I audit them or anything like that? Yeah. He said, no, here's a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he said, you do not need to do that. Mm-hmm. Here's a couple books you can look at and here's a website that'll give you literally pretty much everything you need to yeah. be a filmmaker. Mm. Yeah. And I took that, I now have like 12 books (laughs) on Mm -hmm. filmmaking, I now am giving people advice Mm -hmm. on recording their audition videos, starting their own YouTube channels, doing all this sort of stuff. I now have my own shows that I'm producing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all this sort of stuff. And I was able to do that in a reasonable pace Mm -hmm. and in a way that really worked well with my Mm -hmm. ability to learn and the way that I focus, Mm -hmm. all because he said, you don't need to take this class. (laughs) You don't need to take a class on writing. You don't need to take a class on doing this. Mm -hmm. Go look it up. Actually Mm -hmm. study it on your own. Mm -hmm. You're a doctoral student. You should know how to do this. But I will give you the places you need to go. Mm -hmm. Boom, that is great mentorship right there. And I am forever grateful, especially for them, everyone else too, but specifically, (laughs) especially for them. Because you wouldn't be in this podcast Mm. right now if it wasn't for Rick and Bill, essentially. Like it's a huge thing. But yeah, y'all. This has been a great time. Yeah. Hopefully one of these cameras stayed on. I swear <laughs> yeah. one of these days we're gonna I'm gonna figure it out how to keep power. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you guys so much. Any other last things you wanna shout out? And or like your Twitch and your YouTube and your whatever or
1: anything like that? Oh God. I mean if you want to check out my YouTube, it's Josh Aguar Music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Lots of cool little video game things and you know, there's some renaissance corral studies all oh, kind of, it's just yeah. a big old mix a lot Love of fun it. things
2: i'm emily rose clarinet on instagram i'll post pictures of cats and cl- clarinets and clarinets baking and stuff <laughs> by twitch and everything else i do is all magica aria m-a-g-i-c-a and then a-r-i-a that's everything i do that's digital or whatever is all that
0: so awesome Hell yeah Well, thank you guys so much again for being on here. It's been blast, been blast. I really need to (laughs) figure out how to speak English one day. But yeah, thanks. Thank you, and see you all next time.